Good evening, gentlemen. Please close the curtains behind you. Good evening, High Chancellor. My Lord. Gentlemen, before we get down to business, let me apologize for my attire. I have just spent the morning with my space daughter at the Space Ren Fair. Very good, my lord. Now, tell me, where do we stand with the <coughs> Earth issue? Sir, we have enacted Plan 1-8, to eight, as per the High Command's orders. And, I assume, they were a terrific success... Well, as ordered, plans one to three were deployed over the space of four Earth years, each time sending a more irate message to the planet's governments, warning them of the danger they present. And finally... I see. And their response? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. We were working off the theory that they did not understand my accent. Plan four was, of course, to help proli- prolif- <laughs> proliferate a global conflict to scare the earthlings into seeing the error of their ways. Sadly, this only led to them discovering atomic weaponry ahead of schedule. Admittedly, that feels like an ah bad kind of situation. How about the fifth plan, to fuck with their livestock and crops? Alas, the crop circles and cow mutilations went mostly unnoticed. Plans six and seven, of course, were to install clownish buffoons as leaders on either side of the Atlantic. But this only seemed to make the population stupider and more irate. Irate. So that brings us to Plan 8. It's a dark day when we have to wheel out Plan 8. Nobody ever wants to use Plan 8. We dropped several vials of weaponized koala chlamydia into the Earth's main oceans. So yeah, we tried Plan 8 and they didn't even notice. Not even when all the koalas started to smell. Then they leave us no choice. Time to wheel out the final plan. The scariest plan. The worst plan. Plan nine? Plan nine? Plan nine. Audibly rubs hands. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. One three-person zombie apocalypse it is. This week we reach for our spoons with the longest handles and scrape the very bottom of the cinematic, cinematic barrel as we watch Plan 9 from Outer Space on I Like Movies. Steve, kick it. He can't. <laughs> Steve, <laughs> kick it. <laughs> I like movies. 
Good evening, good evening, good evening, good evening, Internet, and welcome to episode 10 of I Like Movies. This week we are covering the Edward, Ed D. Wood Jr. travesty that is Plan 9 from Outer Space. Joining me as they do every week is my co-host Stephen Pye. A good evening. Swampy Richard Marsh. Hello. And special guest tonight is Mr. Anthony Bishop. One star, let's go home. <laughs> well, there you go. We've wrapped it up. We'll see you in two weeks' time <laughs> for episode one. high 11. rating. Yeah, I was quite high rating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we get into the film, how are you guys doing? All right, yeah. Doing good. How are you? Not bad, not bad, not bad. Looking well. Been a bit poorly of late. Yeah, yeah. Um, You've escaped anything majorly serious. Oh, oh yes. However, yeah, Koala Comedia. Yeah. It's real bad. <laughs> so it was on my mind um, mm. when I wrote the script. Um, yeah, however, it does mean that we have a week between us all watching this film and recording this podcast. Yes. Not that it'll make much of a difference, no. I suspect. It was suggested last week that we uh, do this without you. You suggested it. Um, and I was not having any of it. <laughs> if we were all going to, we're, we're all going to do yeah. that. We're all going to. We're all together. in this together. Yeah, I thought maybe we are just Thelma and Louising this one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well we'll all join hands and drive slowly over the edge together. Then. Uh, this week we are covering Plan Nine from Outer Space, um, released either in 1957 or 1959, depending on how you you mark these things. Yeah, right. Uh, it was released in 1957 for a single screening at, under its original title, Grave Robbers from Outer Space, but was uh, actually put on general release in July 1959 as its better known name, Plan Nine from Outer Space. Uh, it then received a March 1960 release in the UK. Directed by Edward D. Wood Jr., whose previous... Uh, he he made some previous films to this. The, the one directly part of this was Night of the Ghouls. Um, I've got a little game, but we'll, we'll get to that in a sec. His final feature... His final full-length feature was uh, Take It Out in the Trade in 1970, only doing shorts and other things... Afterwards, because I believe he died. It was the early seventies. He died. It wasn't that old when he died. I think. Oh, I thought he no. died in the nineties. No, I think I he, died. No, he died, died earlier than that. Died earlier than that because he was only about fifty odd when he died. Okay, mm. okay, that might. Okay, that might explain why he didn't do anything <laughs> yeah, yeah. else afterwards. <laughs> well, he did some other stuff, but <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, also <laughs> written by Edward D. Wood Jr. Who uh, produced it. Produced by Edward D. Wood Jr. and other producers, it had a budget of $60,000 raised mainly from Southern Baptists, <laughs> uh, made very much outside the Hollywood studio system at the time. Uh, its gross slash opening weekend is unknown, so we don't know if this was a financial flop. Um, its tagline, unspeakable horrors from outer space, paralyze the living and resurrect the dead. Mm. vaguely kind mm. of covers what that you think they were going for mm. <laughs> um, and the only other real notable thing is there was a colourised version released in 2005 by Legends Films oh. which I'm kind of sad yes. I didn't hunt down the colourised yeah, version yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, never mind now I have a quick game <laughs> <laughs> I got all this information off IMDB yes uh, and yeah. as most of my co-hosts probably did I went through the trivia section I did some, yeah. Uh, now, anybody that is used to the IMDb trivia section is probably aware that at the very bottom there are trivia facts that are considered spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> oh, okay. So they are under a spoiler banner. Mm. Here is the only fact for Plan 9 of Outer Space that is considered a potential spoiler. Hit me. 
To save money, the same shower curtain is used throughout the movie, including as a door to the alien cockpit, to unveil the bomb, and once as a shower curtain. <laughs> <laughs> that's literally the only... There's a good 50 bits wow. of trivia, and that's the only one considered a spoiler. Oh, brilliant. Now, quick game before we move on to the next segment. I am going to read you the uh, shorts that Edward D. Wood Jr. made, and he made a lot of them in the years following... Um, Plan 9 from Outer Space. Buzz in when you think you know uh, where his... Oh, hang on. Went. We can make this fun and have buzz noises. You can have buzz noises? Uh, yeah, right. So, you're the cow, which is this one. Uh, Rich, <laughs> you're the cow, which is this one. Right. <laughs> and I'm the cow, which is this one. So, pretty right, much cool. all just hammer the red button. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right, so... That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> Just cut to the other page because there's a lot of these. So, 1957, he made Plan 9 from Outer Space. What's, what are we trying to do? Yeah, here, what are we doing? Uh, I'll explain when we get to oh, it. Okay. So, 1957, he made Plan 9 Outer Space. He followed this up with the short The Night the Banshee Cried, also 1957. <laughs> he, uh, Correct. <laughs> he then did another short called Final Curtain, also 1957. Is it the same curtain as in <laughs> <laughs> In 1959, he made the feature-length film Night of the Ghouls. Uh, 1960, The Sinister Urge, which was another feature length, and then he made a documentary also in 1960 called Trick Shooting with Ken Duncan. He then had a 10-year hiatus from directing anything. He fo- he shot one final feature film in 1970 called Take It Out in the Trade. The rest of these are shorts. Now, buzz in when you think you know what happened to his career. 1971. These are the shorts he filmed in 1971. Necromania, A Tale of Weird Love. The Only House in Town. Sex Orgy. Nymphocycler. <laughs> Lesbian Love. 1972. The Young Married. I've got a feeling it was something to do with saucy cinema. It looks like he moved into the realm of saucy cinema. Yes. 1972 <laughs> also saw him make uh, The Panty Girls. 1973, he made Wives at Play, Wet and Wild, Western Lust, Too Hot to Handle, Schoolgirl, Prisoner Lovemaking, Morning Walk, Lusty Neighbour, Love Mates, Girl on a Bike, Devil Cult. 1974, he made The Virgin Next Door, The Virgin Next Door Part 2, Big John Part 1, Big John Part 2, Hollywood Starlet, Park Lovers, and the documentary short, The Encyclopedia of Sex. The Virgin Seems next- like he ended his career in porno. Yeah. Yeah. The Virgin Next Door couldn't yeah. have been that good if she was still a virgin next door in the second <laughs> in one. In the second part. Yeah. Why are you assuming it's, it's the same person? It, he it might have been vir- the other side of the house. That's he did great. The Virgin Next yeah, Door. Yeah, no. yeah. And then he yeah, did you've got, John. You've got, or Big John or whatever. Yeah. You've got two neighbours. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Big John was the Virgin Next Door. Maybe. 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 Wow. There you go. <laughs> he appeared to have moved into porn. He did. He liked to be a porn. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Bit, yeah. Yeah, so fair, fair play, saucy flicks. Oh, saucy! <laughs> um, can also tell you, um, mm. which I, I did look up uh, some of the people who are in this. Um, Ed Woods, uh, he, he died in 1978, and um, it's believed his his last. I don't know. I shouldn't really laugh at this. His last words were to his wife uh, from upstairs. He yelled out, "Kathy, I can't breathe." A plea which his wife ignored. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, yes, as she was tired of Wood bossing her around. And after about 20 minutes, she went up and found that he was dead. Jeez. That's probably because she put a, something over his head. Yeah, yeah. And then left him up there. 
Oh, so you think it was more like, yeah. hey, I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, when you said Kathy, the first thing that came to mind was Kate Bush. I thought it was going to be like, it's me, Kathy. <laughs> no, it didn't work. No, 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 it was a dying man's last words. Pornos. Pornos, indeed. So, not me, but who wants to do a synopsis of this film? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's try and squeeze the synopsis in before the first break. Because apparently we got and told off for not... Yeah. Why don't we all do a sentence each? Yeah. I'll kick it off. Oh, yeah, you do the first Oh, act. we're going to do this in the round. <laughs> How does that film start? <laughs> spaceships come to Earth? Three spaceships come to Earth. No, so what starts no it starts with a zombie. Does it start no, with it a zombie? No, oh, it starts with an old man dying. No, it starts with an old woman dying. wife dying. Oh, yeah, yeah. Him dying wife dies. Day. Vampira dies. Yeah. Vampira dies. Yeah. Um, me next. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do the rest of the film. Yeah. And we see her as a zombie, and then man walks out of house, walks to the right, gets hit by an invisible car. Oh yes. Um, and then dies apparently, and is buried in, in like the most anticlimactic random scene in the world. This is an old man. <laughs> he is walking to his death. He is old. <laughs> and now he's dead. <laughs> Smash. <laughs> but all the way through the film, the narrator could have been just going, this is Bella Lugosi, now it's not. This is Bella Lugosi, now it's not. <laughs> uh, did you play how many times did they play that same clip of him yeah. walking out the woods and back again? <laughs> yes. Wow. Was yes. the answer three? I think it's four. Four? <laughs> I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure there's four. Okay. This film is a masterclass on doing very little with very little, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. They, they have the same set they reuse time and time again for the bulk of the film, and like you say, the same shots get reused. Anyway, so it turns out that the people are being raised by the dead by aliens. Don't really know why for a long time. Um, there's a couple of supposed heroes in it. <laughs> Kind of this was my problem with it is there's no clear antagonist no. in this film well, no. there's no hero there's no villain no really. people no. suggested the airline pilot because I guess he has well, most he screen time villain. <laughs> as the as the protagonist yeah. so he is the yeah. hero um, so yeah and then they um, eventually they eventually find out that aliens are definitely around and raising the dead and the aliens they go and confront them the aliens' plan is the most bizarre plan in the history of the world. The three-man uh, zombie, zombie apocalypse. apocalypse. Yeah. yeah, because yeah. Earthlings aren't <coughs> listening to them, mm. even though they're just kind of flying around, causing trouble in their spaceships. Well, this is the thing I was touching on with the opening, with the cold open. Is there's a point where he says we've sent them multiple messages, yeah. and then you hear the Earthlings' point of view, and they're like, "Yeah, well, we keep playing these messages, and they're just jarbled gibberish." <laughs> yeah. But the aliens, later on, hold a face-to-face conversation and can very clearly speak English. Yeah. So why would you send weird alienese... Well, they invented the language... Yeah, the computer. language decoder. Did you not... Did you miss that Oh, no, bit? no, I know they invented the language <laughs> decoder, but did they not have that before? Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Like you said, they used the language decoder to decode the messages, and then at the end, they're clearly speaking to them face-to-face. Yeah, fluently yeah. in English. It just doesn't make any sense. So what, did they... Did the aliens think, oh, we need to push and it through they, our language? When they're talking garbler. to each other as well. Yeah. They're talking uh, English. <laughs> yep. It is bizarre. Anyway, before yeah. we get too deep into, yeah, yeah, yeah. into talking about the minutiae of the film, uh, I don't think we need to synopsis 
synopsize it any we further, did. do we? we? Just, yeah, that was it. I, I mean, mean we're yeah. going to go through it <laughs> pretty much beat by beat. Anyway, I suspect we all have a lot of notes. This could be a long episode. So why I don't do we... have a huge amount of notes, to be fair. Do you not? I, I, um, I, think, I, I think I passed out. <laughs> I, too, lost the will to live and started cooking dinner halfway through the film. started writing my last will and testament. You know, like when you fall there, asleep so. and you have one of those, like, real fever dreams that just seem to go on for years, mm. and then I realised I was actually still watching the film. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's, let's break for a quick commercial, and we will come back and we will discuss this monstrosity uh, in full. So we will see you on the other side of this. Are you a fan of James Bond and wish you could listen to a couple of blokes talk about the world's greatest secret agent? Well, now you can when you join Rich and Ash for Review to a Kill, where we discuss the films, history and current news from the world of 007. So if you love all things Bond, then search for Review to a Kill from wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, and we're back. Uh, just real quick, actually, following the Review to a Kill advert, mm. um, just a, a quick uh, bit of trivia on this. The film's original copyright, Plan 9 from Outer Space's original copyright, is 1957 when it previewed as Grave Robbers from Outer Space at the Carlton Theatre in Los Angeles on March 15th, 1957. It went into general release in July 1959 on a double bill with Time Lock, which was also made in 1957, which featured a pre-James Bond Sean Connery. Wow, okay. Very good. Just mm-hmm. thought that was fitting, as we heard and had heard about <laughs> Bond. Who wants to start? Um, Do we want to start at the obvious place? Do we want to talk about the psychic Criswell and the weird book ending of this film? Yeah. Shall we? And the the clear auto-cue reading. Greetings, my friends. We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. Future events such as these will affect you in the future. <laughs> it's so well written, isn't it? It is. He was a well-known TV psychic uh, who had a television series earlier in the 50s called Criswell Predict- Predicts uh, on Clack- KLAC Channel 13. Uh, the introduction could be an allusion to the opening lines of his show, but no one can be sure as no episodes of the TV show are known to survive. Uh, but that is where that comes from. They were uh, jumping on the bandwagon of this guy's popularity. Oh, okay. Although the fact that they say KLAC Channel 13 makes me think that's a regional channel. I'd imagine so. Um, so that's a weird thing to do on a general release film. Yeah, yeah. it's odd. Um, that would about- be like having Fred Dynage introduce <laughs> The Matrix. <laughs> that would be amazing. Be nothing to anyone outside oh, of Hampshire. But that should, that should be a thing. That should be a thing. <laughs> and that's how... <laughs> for now, um, I I read somewhere it might have been the trivia on there that the um, he wrote a lot of his narration himself because he didn't like um, how Edward had written it. So that was the voiceover narrator in the main film. This Chriswell chap was the guy that's actually talking to camera. Oh, in the did he not? Parts? Oh, okay. Was there a different narrator? Yeah, I thought different person. Oh, I thought because he just keeps appearing every now and then. This voice doesn't it. Yes. Now, yeah. The look at over. this. Look at this stupid tit walking across a graveyard on his own. An old man walks out of his house and touches a flower. Oh, yeah, yeah, this, this. He then goes and walks around the corner. <laughs> he's, he's, dead. Dead. he's dead. Do you want to? I think Steve has the best handle on the Belagosi of it all, don't you? Uh, I believe I know some of the Belagosi of it all. So you're a, you're a Dracula fan, aren't you? Come on. Am I? I don't know. I, I mean, you wear that cape. I do. Yeah, I have got that cape. Um, 
I was the stand-in double, actually. Just walked around with a cape over his face. Oh, you were um, Tom Mason, would... <laughs> The uh, Edward uh, Junior's wife's chiropractor, were you? <laughs> <laughs> Who true? was not only significantly taller than Lakoti yep. and played the part with the cape covering his face. Yep. So the room. I say the rumor. Um, so <laughs> uh, apparently, um, Edward was trying to get uh, Belagusi in his films for a very, very long time, um, and he was a big fan of his work. And he had a film lined up ready for him, but. He died somewhere in between making it or making this one or something like that. He died prior to the making of this film. That's it, yeah. Yeah. Um, So he had loads of basically B-roll footage. Loads seems like a stretch. He seemed to have about two (laughs) scenes. He had two scenes worth of B-roll footage or A-roll footage, I assume. Decent. One of which is just that medium shot of him walking out the house that that you mentioned earlier. Oh, there's two shots, isn't there? Oh, no, it's three because he's at the grave at the start. Yeah. Um, and then walking out the house, and then the walking into the graveyard and walking back into the woods. Because that's enough. how the film opens, isn't it? That it opens at the, at the graveyard of the yeah. wife, mm. and then goes to him at the house, and then yeah. he dies, and yeah. then goes back to the graveyard. Yeah. So, yeah. The, so this is the weird thing then, right? So his wife uh, comes back still very young, and he's still very old. So is he supposed to have been married to an extremely young girl. Oh, I think he, I think so. he cradle robbed. And yeah. then she just happened to die before a really old man. Yeah. Outrageously who, tiny who, waist. Who didn't know about cars. Yeah. <laughs> but And he couldn't go out in daytime without his cape. Yes. Mm. It was <laughs> well, it was his morning cape. Morning cape. Yeah. I'm talking about morning, how many times does it shift from day to night to day to night to day to night? Like oh. Over the course of a single scene... True. It, it was um, amazing. So, uh, Bella Lugosi is in two films previously by mm. Edward. That's all. Uh, Glenn or Glenda and Bride of the Monster. Which begs the question, why didn't he take some of the footage from some of those, maybe, and cut into it? Maybe Michael they were Bryan. in by studios? No, maybe. That's true. Like I say, th- this seems like it was made outside of the studio system. No, it was yeah, shot 100%. on a soundstage that was about yeah, to be knocked down. Right, it was, it basically, it was footage from some other random film that a short film or something yeah. that he'd, he'd made um, and that, or um, was intending to make I like think that. when so Belagosi died so yeah. it was just kind of like well we've got this I think we've got these two minutes of footage how do we spin this into <laughs> an 85 minute film that's <laughs> what explains the two completely separate ideas the zombies and the space Yeah, because he was obviously setting out to make a space film what about the vampires yeah, two thirds of the zombies come back as famous vampires. It's bizarre, isn't it? Um, so that's the only thing I can think of that he's basically gone. Oh well, I originally wanted to do a sci-fi film, but I've got Bella Lugosi as a vampire, so I may as well turn him into a zombie because that makes sense. As yeah. yeah, there was a time where apparently Bella Lugosi uh, had to go on, because he was getting no work from films anymore, he went on tour, he did a theatre tour of Britain, doing like a Dracula play, right. he was like back to try and have this, he was like, I'm famous for being Dracula, I've got to do something with Dracula, so he did a, a play <laughs> version of Dracula and toured like Britain. God, he rode those coattails for quite a long time, yeah, yeah, he did. Did. the vampire coattails. And he was buried in a Dracula costume. That's yes. Cool. yes. <laughs> well, that's convenient. Makes it quicker when he comes back, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, you can cover his face really easy. <laughs> <laughs> so I watched this on YouTube. I had the whole film. Did everybody? How did 
Did you all watch on YouTube? We had a coffee. Yes. 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 So on YouTube, there's a scene at the very start where there's two grave diggers, and they are completely out of sync. They are the financiers of this film. Is that true? One is one is a good old fashioned Southern Baptist reverend Mm -hmm. that put up most of the scratch, and the other guy is one of the executive producers. I think. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, their their voice. Was very out of sync. Oh yeah. Did everyone probably... notice that? Was it that a natural yeah. thing, or it was it just a bad like copy? They'd done VO in the studio after yeah. they switched it yeah. back. I can't remember that scene off the top of my head, but did it look like it possibly could have been shot outside? Yes. Like an actual on location yeah, yeah. shoot. It looked that way. That would probably explain why they had to VO it afterwards. Then. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no. But again, like I think was. Oh no. Maybe I should start. Should we read our notes? notes. Yeah. Um, where at some point I just I put um, acting equals wow. <laughs> it might have been around that um, around that time, um, and that uh, do I, did one of the grave diggers fart because there was like a noise. Yeah. You see that when they were like when they got really nervous because yeah. in the background there was a kind of like a. <laughs> and he was like, "Oh, should we leave?" He's like, "I should do. I'm rather embarrassed now." <laughs> so who? I've got a few before we get to that bit. I think were, were the grave for uh, just real quick were the grave diggers the um, the grave diggers <laughs> sorry were they the template for Mumford and Sons did they watch that <laughs> film and think that's the look that's we want to go that's for. what we're going for yeah um, yeah it's pilot as hands free there was one of the the, the co pilot on the plane as hands free yeah. but he's constantly holding it. <laughs> so what's the point of having hands free if so he's like constantly It was holding. probably the worst cockpit I've ever seen in my life. Was that radio strapped to his chest? Yeah, it was all strapped to his <laughs> chest. And so strapped it was like just trying to aim to his mouth, but yeah. he was constantly holding it. And could they not actually afford to make, controls. Yeah, make airport airplane controls? It looks like controls. They no, bought the like, airplane controls from the same people that manufactured all the gravestones yeah. at the gravesite. <laughs> just literally cardboard little wheels for their controls. It was terrible. Um... I've I've written the fuck question mark, <laughs> so I don't know what that relates to. I'm sorry. And then I've got I've, I've got that every other line. <laughs> <laughs> and then I've got holy mackerel. I think this is where they see the um, spaceship outside the window, and one of the pilots just turns around. Oh, so we're jumping straight holy past mackerel. Bella Gosi dying off screen then. No, that's later. So. That's later. Is that seriously? Is that later? Is yeah. yeah, you got the we airplane the, first. We see the airplane first. Oh, wow, I'm <clears> completely out of sync. Sorry, my um, apologies. And I've got oh yeah because then they bury her first don't they they bury her yeah. bury her and then they all wonder and then eventually it's like now oh, the old man is leaving his house <laughs> for the last time so I've got the I think this is the grave robbers one of them says don't like hearing noises yeah that's where after he that's farts. where he farts yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like hearing noises and then they just go <laughs> but then they but again it's like oh, yeah. they have the horrific death apparently oh yeah which is ten like feet oh they're coming. Ten foot away, and yeah. then they scream, and they're apparently dead. It's like <laughs> that's, that's the it. first off-screen scream death, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, quickly followed see... by Bella the Goosey. Yes, yeah. So that's when you see the vampire is risen from the dead, <laughs> and, then, and then Bella the Goosey. Please, yeah. Bella the Goosey is up. Bella the Goosey. Uh, Vampiro um, was paid two hundred dollars to be in this film. Really? Mm. She was one of the most popular people around the time. I would have thought. Um, that was a feat featured in this film. Uh, we're talking, of course, about Mela Nermi, aka Vampira. Mm. She would put on her makeup, vampire makeup, and costume at home, and then take the bus to the quality studio soundstage where her scenes were filmed. 
which I'm sure was fun for her. Yeah, for so $200. She was a similar thing to that Criswell then, by the way, by the looks of it. I think she used to kind of present a, a show. That was her main thing, was like yes. an evening with Vampira, mm. and she mm. would just tell you of, about Of which, again, nothing survived. Apparently oh, right. her... Um, her appearance in Plan 9 Out of Space and costume is the only uh, remaining really? visual representation of Vampire in her full oh, really? costume okay. wow. um, that still survives. And she's got no lines in the entire film. No, no, she doesn't say anything. Doesn't no, say she anything. refused to. She had lines in the script. She refused to do them because the script was so bad. Ah, that makes sense. Um, is, is what I'm led to believe by the IMDb trivia. Mm. Um, so, uh, I, I don't know where. I must have been at somewhere around this... Um, I said the narrator's got great lines. <laughs> um, so I don't know what... Uh, the old man is old, and he's leaving his house. Yeah, I think it's just basically it's, that. It's because he says, it's so, he like, says the obvious things yeah. like, all the time. And he's walking off screen. He's just been hit by a car. That Do, was maybe, <laughs> maybe we had the audio description version. Uh, with, you know, with the track. <laughs> didn't you realize, yeah, yeah, yeah. For people who are hard realize, of uh, vision. Yeah, we were on the back. We were yeah. on the back. Um, we were on the back row with the headphones on. Yeah. I feel like that bit was the first instance of um, using stock footage because it was like old man gets hit by a car. Here's the scene of a really busy road. <laughs> Later on, yeah. they do it with and armies silent. and tanks. Oh yeah, with the, with the war footage. <laughs> yeah. And some of it, some of it shifts. Yeah. Um, like uh, what's the term? Screen ratio. Yeah, some yeah. of it's like fourteen yeah. three. Uh, sorry, four three. Some of it's sixteen nine. Some of it's, it, yeah. When you see a car, like the police car driving up road, it's the same road every and time. It's the same bit yeah. of footage. Yeah, it's, it's literally the same thing over and over again. It's like all oh, the police are coming exactly the same as they were. Before. They're driving exactly the same way they did. So it must be at this point. I was saying that this film could be about half the length without the long drawn out reactions as well. Oh, we haven't even got to the longest scene in this film that is the most pointlessly long scene ever because it's so many like just silent moments of just like looking and like yeah. very slowly looking it's just like that could be a lot quicker you don't have to have to do anywhere near as many as you do you think that's right a lot of like no no draw it out draw it out because yeah. we're gonna layer yeah, effects we're... over this and we need your like your reaction to it yeah maybe they expected there to be a lot more into it but mm. they were like we got the footage and if we keep all the footage together, we've got a feature film. Yeah. So, uh, so maybe we've got to keep it all in. Bella Lugosi's on board. He said he's dying to do it. <laughs> um, so, I've talk- literally spent the last twenty minutes throwing this script together. We got a film. <laughs> so, talking about the footage now seems like a good time to mention how many times do they cut from one scene to another scene, and the actors—they've obviously cut from one part of the scene to another part of the scene. And the actors in the background are just standing around waiting for their next part, and the main actors are doing something. And, then and there are other scenes where they obviously cut two of the same, um, like different takes of the same scene together, because obviously one bit was slightly better in one than the other. And they, there's noticeable cuts between it, what it they're doing. It leads to some absolutely hilarious <laughs> continuity errors, doesn't that? Yeah. Um, between, like, the, the the blocking and, like, literally the position people are in between shots yep. just completely and utterly changes. <laughs> it's bizarre. So bizarre. But um, I've got... Uh, <laughs> the inspector can't act at all. Little was I to know there'd be worse <laughs> people to come. <laughs> this yeah. the, the the big... This is Tor Johnson, you mean? The big, yeah, yeah. the big inspector. Yeah. yeah, no, he's really obviously because he's not supposed to talk, is he? That's the thing. I suppose because I think he was also in 
other <coughs> Edward films where he mm. plays exactly the same. What, like a big monster? Yeah, Mount Zombie kind of thing. That's what, that's all he ever used to do. could barely understand what he was saying. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's just all the way through. He's just like, hey, I'm a big guy. I can take <laughs> care of myself. Um, uh, there's one line that I, uh, did when, um, and it must have been when that detective died, because mm. he heard all the gunshots going off and the, I think it was Bella Lugosi's yeah, it was, his uh, stand-in. It was non-Bella Lugosi. Was his name Todd Mason? Todd, uh, Tom Mason. Tom Mason. Um, and the chiropractor to the star. If you got the same line as I have. Well, yeah, maybe. The two, um, the two police officers and the detective find him, to which the detective says, he's dead, murdered, and someone's responsible. <laughs> I was like, that's great detective work. <laughs> yep. And the, the ne- one of the next lines is, but one thing's for sure... Inspector Clay is dead. <laughs> <laughs> one one of those uh, background cops is called Larry, and he was the only legitimately good actor in the film. <laughs> I can't remember off the top of my head any examples right now because it's a, it's been a week and I've scrubbed it thoroughly from my brain. There, there is a bit where they all stood down. in a line. And they're going, "Someone should go down there. Where? <laughs> down there? Where? Down there? Oh, down there." I don't so want to go down. The caved, for time. In, the caved in grave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, yeah, but which and is they're bit, like right next to it. Yeah, which is but also they literally they were at his graveside for his funeral, um, which apparently was like the next day after he died. Um, and then this they, is the police officer's funeral. Yeah, the, yeah. the police officer's funeral. Not better to go to his funeral, which was held in some sort of TARDIS slash clown car. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, we're about that. Yeah, we skipped past that. We're yeah, like no, nine dudes yeah, no, come yeah, out of the world. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, yeah no, I forgot about that. Um, but when they go to the grave of the, you know, if it's if it's all been caved in and they're mm. like, looks like someone's come out of this. The detective again. The detective goes. This place looks familiar. It's like yeah, you were there about half an hour ago. <laughs> For your mate's funeral, and it's like you've, you've you've completely forgotten where you are. Hmm, this this area looks. And then when they find the headstone, they're like, oh "My God, this is Detective Clay's." That grave. sounds it's familiar, like, right? <laughs> yeah, you must I have used been. To know a Detective Clay. <laughs> God, that the funeral service there is amazing, isn't it? Because it's like literally, you die one day, the next day you're buried. That's it. You're done. Yeah. You're buried, and the only people going to your grave, I think, we are, are, are three colleagues. <laughs> Who don't even remember where yeah, you're buried? So they're obviously buried. not going to come and visit you. They're, they're like, we've we've been told we've got to come. I'm not going to actually bother remembering where we are. So you, you might be about to say what I'm about to say. About is that scratching himself with a gun? No, uh, all right, he did, yeah, he did a few times. Yeah. Yeah. A few times. Very bad gun safety. <laughs> <laughs> no, what were you going to say uh, about when um, I didn't know his name, so I just wrote Biggie McLarge when he tried to get out of the grave and really struggled to get out of the grave. <laughs> it's supposed to be really menacing getting out of the grave. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Um, yeah, he, he couldn't get out of the grave. Yeah, there's not very good gun safety going on. No. Lots he, of, uh, is that the bit where the actor was doing it on purpose? No, that's later on, that's I think. later on, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Because that's quite a, a well-known so bit about this film, isn't it? A weird thing I, I found out because, um, obviously... Me, in this kind of person, one of my favourite apps is uh, Find a Grave, um, where I'm always looking up where famous people are buried. So, obviously, when it gets to any of these films, I'm automatically, I'm like, huh, they're dead, where are they buried? Let's see where they are. Um, so, I found out, actually, that Paul Marco, who played Officer Kel- Kelton, who was one of the, I think he was the one that had to go into the grave, he's like, right. why I gotta go? He's that, that, he's, he was that kind of, you know, copper. Um on his uh, grave, there is a marker which says uh, Officer Kelton Forever. 
Um, and um, and he it plays Officer Kelton in The Bride of the Monster, Plan 9 from Outer Space, and Night of the Ghouls. Oh, so this is like a, an Ed Wood Jr. cinematic universe. Yeah. Trilogy. Um, Trilogy and, and in the films The Naked Monster and Kelton's Dark Corner Trilogy 1, <laughs> he plays Kelton the cop. And those two films were released in 2005 and 2009. Jeez. What? Yeah. Is that... Does that so say that there's no Kelton trilogy part two and part three? No, because he actually died. So it's in a one part. Trilogy. He died in two thousand six. So I'm assuming. That. Wow. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, Paul Marco, uh, he's uh, known as very much as Kelton, the officer Kelton, patrolman Kelton. Where down there? Yeah. There. Where <laughs> down there? Where. They use that 60 grand sparingly, don't they? Because at least 70% of the first, what, act of the film, the first 20 minutes of the film is set yeah. on that graveyard. So. Pretty much. Mm. And then there's a, a lot of it is set in a garden, apparently right next to the graveyard. Now, yeah. now okay, this led me to oh, yes, some confusion, yeah. because at times it appears that the back garden backs directly onto the graveyard, yeah. and at other times it seems like it's about a mile away yeah. from the yeah. graveyard. There is no clear-cut answer to this. Um, <laughs> I like to think it's a mile away. Because we see the police car driving down a, a trail to get to the graveyard. But you're right, it does suggest at times that the graveyard is literally on the other side of the garden fence. Yeah. No. Um, probably the most egregious thing about this film is the fact that it can't keep its geography in track. Yeah. Everything else is fine. Is <laughs> so um, th- this is going to be really bad on an audio podcast, but I've got to do it just for laughs. Sure. So when they introduce the pilot's wife, um, I think it's probably the second time we meet her, maybe. She just gestures widely with her head. Did you notice that? Um, ah, the graveyard over there. <laughs> and then, But we live over here. And then something else is over there. And she's just moving her head to directions. <laughs> she has an incredibly expressive forehead. <laughs> yeah, it's so bizarre. And it's like, don't forget to lock the doors. I might even lock the side door. And then doesn't lock the side door. Yeah. No. No. Yeah, he tells her repeatedly, I'm not yeah. going to leave yeah, until you lock the door. And she walks door. in and doesn't lock yeah, the door. Yeah, she, <laughs> she walks straight she does, through. She Even when he's watching her, <laughs> she just shuts it behind her and walks in. It's like, literally, he's still standing there. Do you imagine, imagine her, her coming back to the close the curtains about half an hour later? He's still standing there. Yeah. Like, you didn't lock, lock the door. Because <laughs> <laughs> had he seen the UFOs by this point? Oh, yeah. I think, yeah, he did see them. Yeah, and also they'd... Oh yeah, so it turns out that whenever the the spaceship goes overhead, they they all land on the ground and they get like four. I think they do mention that there's like the force mm. from the ship keeps them stuck to the <laughs> yeah. ground. But also, much later on, someone says about the spaceships they fly so low their exhausts knock people to the ground. Yeah, like, what like a car exhaust? Just like it's just like literally just like knocks them on the head and they're like, oh, dude. And you don't even see anyone react to that at all, anyway. No, nobody reacts to them Do flying overhead. Do we not overhead. see yeah, the a... police like get knocked to the ground in the graveyard? No, they kind of look over their heads. Don't they? The first time. It they flies do all to the floor, though. Yeah, yeah. and then, then they get like stuck there apparently because they're the, that's because of the ship's anti gravity drive, uh, repelling against the surface of the earth and knocking them away. Right. Which is why they describe it as a wind, but not a hot wind or a cold wind. Oh yes, of course, a yeah, wind yeah. of no temperature or, or smell. <laughs> I believe it was. Um, those UFOs 
are fucking strong. They can withstand like a five minute barrage of stock footage. That's true. From an art- heavy artillery <laughs> truck. Um, that scene, that whole sequence where they were cutting between the stock footage yeah. and the models of the UFOs reminded yeah. me of. Uh, did anybody else ever watch Not the Nine O'clock News back yeah. in the day? Mm. And they used to do the same thing. We'd have a, a close up of the shot of the Queen. Like, like a gun range or something, or shooting a clay yeah, pigeon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was and then they cut to someone to falling yeah. in the Grand National. Yeah, yeah. It felt very akin <laughs> yeah. to that. It, it was so long. Like, so long. The amount of times it went between, yeah, the stock footage, <laughs> yeah. the colonel looking on with binoculars. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> standing in front of just a bit of material. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. He was not on a war zone. No, no, not even out, not even outdoors. They couldn't have even filmed him just against a bush or something. No, um, they was just literally standing against a bit of material, and then, oh, then, like... then the, then the uh, soldier comes along after, and he's like, "So, but was that all right then? <laughs> <laughs> That'll do. That'll do. Yeah, that'll do. Then the strongest UFO in the world that just floats around as it gets barraged. Is that what drives the UFO back to space though? Back to the mothership? I think so. Yeah, where we hear the howling winds of space. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, and, and then, then we get introduced to yeah. Plan Nine and and the, Posh the chief exec, chief exec, mm. who um who wants them to to report back. Oh, so I put that they cross their arms to salute, yeah. which means they must be aliens. Um, and that eventually, when it gets to the end of their big speech, he says, "Report back in two Earth days." <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why two Earth days? Why don't they use their own system of time? And why don't they use radios? <laughs> so, I think me and you discussed this off mic, didn't we, Rich? That it feels that this this thing where it feels like the aliens in this film are basically humans mm. from another planet, yeah, yeah. yeah, and they've evolved at exactly the same rate yeah, yeah. we have. Yeah, they've discovered all the same things we have. They've discovered how nice it is to swamp a room entirely in curtains, <laughs> um, which is possibly the only film I've ever seen where a spaceship has curtains. Yeah, yeah. true. Yeah. Um, Cheaper than uh, proper doors, though, aren't they? Essentially, yeah. So you, you don't need just solid doors in a spaceship. Just but they they seem the to have a lot of like identical concepts to us, don't yeah. they? Um, yeah. They also use those flashing uh, lights to block traffic at roadworks <laughs> that they have in the lab yes. uh, to, to to turn the zombies on and off. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it just it's weird. But they, also they speak perfect English. Yeah, yeah. they have curtains. It, they just seem to have evolved and, and become us, yeah. just from another planet. But they, yeah. They're also really proud of how successful their zombie apocalypse is going. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like we've With raised single, two, yeah. two, zombies. two zombies and we think we've got one more on the go. <laughs> and then he asks and them to bring the zombie back at one point. Yeah. So they yep. bring the big yeah, zombie back. see this zombie. Yeah. Well, why? You're just prolonging it now. Yeah. You're making it... So you've told them to go to Earth, stop their really... Uh, elaborate plan nine pick up the zombie they've made bring him back to the spaceship cause hilarity and then take him back again yeah when a gun gets jammed and yeah. she can't uh, release it, <laughs> it, it turn it gun? off yeah. turn it off he's coming for me yeah he manages to kill everyone else without even touching them down on earth but obviously <laughs> yeah why did it have to oh, be they, a but they gun all do, as they well do, they, mm. they all do that like judo chop thing there's, mm. I think uh, I don't know if Vampire does it as well but they there's a couple of times when they do or maybe it's just Tor Johnson does it um, every time he like he doesn't actually kill people when you see him 
actually touching someone. He doesn't kill them like he does with everyone else that you don't mm. see him. He does a, like a two-handed judo chop on their yeah on so their shoulders. Both hands just out, full blades, and just brings them square yeah. down on their shoulders. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. then they kind of go oh and fall down, and then but then they're fine. They're like, my god, that man, man they got that big fucker. <laughs> <laughs> my shoulders, I yeah. it. But otherwise, really fine. Knock the wind out of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they even copy our traditional gun-shaped objects, don't they? To but like. They weren't even guns because they had to be touching the person with the end to make them move. So why did they need to be guns at all? It could have been shock sticks. Would have made more sense. <laughs> not not chopsticks. Shock sticks. <laughs> but yeah, the the scene where it gets out of control and uh, yeah. runs amok on the ship and which throttles. Is what, which is why at the end of the day, this whole thing. And I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna jump to the very last line, pretty much here, which is when he said, "This is what you were just talking about." The colonel says, "You have to admit." They're far ahead of us. Are they, though? <laughs> doesn't seem like it. Uh, I don't really think doesn't seem much, like it. Really, that you can say, uh, as they're flying off in, the, like, in their, in their, their, in their, their, fiery their spaceship. burning spaceship, which they just which has been caused by just inviting people on ship yeah. and, just, and please, please, just destroy the <laughs> ship. We have no weapons to protect ourselves. We just have a zombie, which is shit. What do we make of the choice of the uh, the the ranking alien on that command ship wearing, uh, well, as I described in the opening, Renfair costume, <laughs> but they're wearing like a medieval tabard with a medieval it's sigil very, on the front. Very flowy, very uh, yeah. hippie-like. It was, it was it? a choice, wasn't it? Was it? Or was it, this is literally <laughs> the only costume we have to hand? Because it felt yeah. very much like it was the only costume they had oh, to Oh, entirely hand. possible. I think maybe it was just Bunny Breckenridge is what he chose to wear. Oh, you think that's just what he wears? <laughs> He's like, darling, I, I brought this with me. I don't like the costume you've given me, so I'm going to put this one on. Did it seem like he was reading something off of his hand? Oh, oh, yeah, no, he was. Every, yeah, yeah. every line few, he was looking few, down. A few actors. <coughs> he was, oh, surprisingly, in his only yeah. acting role on film, he was reading his lines <laughs> yeah. and was never seen on film again. Yeah. Talking about reading lines, uh, when we cut back to another thrilling time on a sp- on the um, airplane, when mm. we get introduced to the pilot again, they've got their scripts f- actually noticeable <laughs> on their laps. You can actually see their scripts. That was the flight manifold. Uh, manifold? You mean manifest? Manifest, sorry. Yeah. Not the manifold. Manifest. Um, I, count- I stopped counting after eight continuity errors in that scene in the cockpit. <laughs> But that was a great example of what you were saying, of where it seemed like they'd shot those maybe weeks apart and come together. Yeah. What the hell was the thing with the co-pilot and the air stewardess as well? Oh, they were having a bit of thing, were having like, you want to come and and bang me? (laughs) (laughs) We're going to Vegas, baby. No, I couldn't possibly do that. You sure? (laughs) Okay, I will. I was like, right, okay. This is a bit weird. I don't know what's happened here. But they've got 33 passengers to look after first. (laughs) There's only 33 on the ship. Oh, that's when things were really getting advanced back in those (laughs) days. 33, cool. 33. Mm, pilot, the main pilot. So yeah, he's supposed to be the hero, I suppose, isn't he? Yeah. Because at the well, very that, end, he's I like, think that's what you have to gather at this point, isn't it? Because he's got the most screen time really at this point, yeah. without and, dying. And, and he is the only one I think had a bit of a kind of career acting wise afterwards. Okay, so and he's in the film Edward. Oh, is he? He's hmm. a, he's a cameo. He's got a cameo in the film Edward. So, which I really want to see now. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Know, don't you? No. So. The subplot about his wife being invaded by Dracula. What? Oy, oy. What was? Oh, <laughs> what was the that scene in about? the bedroom? Yeah, yeah, that didn't seem to go anywhere. So Dracula comes in, mm. 
who's supposed to be a zombie that kills everyone, sees her asleep in the bed, <laughs> turns around and walks back out again. Didn't no, he she runs down, yeah, didn't she, she? But he chases her. Oh, that's after right. Her. Yeah, yeah, she runs and this is And this is when you get... run past him and then it. slowly walks after yeah. her. But it cuts from her running past him to then her entering the graveyard, which is why I thought, yeah. oh, yeah, the yeah, house yeah. borders onto the graveyard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah true. But there's always, but it's so they could use that shot of Bella Lugosi coming yeah, yeah, out of the woods, yeah. yeah, basically in daytime, <laughs> yeah, um, in daytime. So, um, but there was also the thing, but, the, but then this this part, of this this evil plan of the the commander, alien commander, he's like, well, what you need to do is send one of the dead, send one of the zombies, preferably Bella Lugosi, because we've run out of footage. <laughs> um, <laughs> send the, one of the zombies to them and kill him. Uh, yeah. And then yeah. they'll think that they can die. So then... <laughs> <laughs> that was so bizarre. So then they'll think they can be defeated, and so we'll lull them into a forced sense of security. No, wait a minute, wait a minute, I've got this, I've got this. They'll lull them into a forced sense of security so that eventually they'll... No, I've got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that... So yeah, so they kill Bella Lugosi. Yeah. They, they deliberately... Uh, end his uh, zombie career. Yeah, he becomes a skeleton because they got no stock. So footage, yeah, right? but they do it so that they can. The humans think that they, they can, can beat defeat them. them. I, I mean, that skeleton reveal was fantastic, wasn't it? Because it's immediately <laughs> followed by the line, "He didn't look like that a minute ago." <laughs> so, yeah. Congratulations! Yeah, yeah. yeah, you're right. It wasn't the skeleton. Oh, that's. I think that's the first time they do the double judo chop. Is um, Ooh, Tom, Tom well Mason? Be, I think yeah. does it on the police. And he looks like he disappears. Yeah, I I caught that. I was like, did that I, was I, I put, where did he I, I go? Just know, yeah, he rejoined the, the force. Did the policeman? <laughs> <laughs> did the policeman disappear? Which yeah. I remembered what it was now. Yeah, because when uh, Tom and Mason playing Bella Lugosi playing old man playing Dracula, mm. uh, he, he's uh, shooting at him, and he eventually double he double chops him, him, and then and he, 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 he just disappears. <laughs> And then he gets yeah, up off the, the floor. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, they're like, "Are you okay?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm fine." Oh, he's still there. Then. Yeah, <laughs> I thought well, that he does was disappear. Bizarre. Yeah, <laughs> we're jumping all over. My notes are either completely Sorry, yeah, out of yeah. No, no, no. I think we have a bit, but it's fine. Later, later on, I put he uh, he attacks the cop who looks like Boyle from Brooklyn Nine Nine, and that yes! stuck with me the whole way through. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> well, I had a note in here about Joe Latrudio. Where is it? <laughs> <laughs> um. Who apparently is the only one that can't be killed by zombies? Oh yeah, he's he's immortal. <laughs> he's right. So this, well, and looks for his neck. <laughs> this is the longest you've got it. Go on. Yeah, I just wrote Joe Latrudo is great as the beat cop. <laughs> dot dot dot. Brooklyn Nine Nine prequel question mark. I think that isn't this uh, isn't this Patrolman Kelton? Oh, yeah, that is Kelton. I think yeah. Um, Paul Marco. So uh, this is the longest film ever, right? Yeah, yeah. This is like, even though it's not. I think we've all said this at different times that I, I remember at the very end. I like clicked on it. I was like, "Cool!" And I think less than ten minutes to go, and there's a huge speech about gas, gasoline. Um, but as I was looking at it, it was like four minutes to go. But yeah. I was like, "I'm sure there was four minutes to go like two hours ago." I put twenty six minutes. I was like. How the fuck is this still going? <laughs> to be honest, after the first intro scene, I I honestly thought it had been nearly 40 minutes after, like, just after the guy walked out of the house and got killed. It was like, this is so slow. It feels like forever. 
And then I looked at the time and it was like, oh, fuck, well, an hour to go yet. You said yourself, didn't you? That yeah, I, you I stopped, stopped at what I thought was about the thirty, uh, about the halfway mark, like mm. I normally do to make a drink and just review the first half of my notes. Uh, clicked, paused, looked at it, and it was 17 minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> I did exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, how is there still another hour of this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do we want to? Well, I think maybe we'll stop for a break in a minute. Um, but just before we do, do we want to discuss what the actual Plan Nine for Outer Space is? Oh yeah, go on. Yeah. Um, so Plan Nine is the raising of the dead, yep. raising of the zombie hordes, yep. to essentially pull a January sixth on all the capitals in the world. They are going to take the zombies and storm the capitals. All three of them. All three <laughs> of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's. It, Begs the question: Why send two aliens to take down an entire planet if they are literally going to go village by village? It's going to take a long, long time, isn't it? Mm. And they start in some really random nowhere place, um, a house next to a graveyard. Yeah, and it takes yeah. how long does it take them to raise three? Like you say, two aliens in one spaceship takes. Uh, to be fair, uh, and they kill few, one of them. A good few weeks. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> to it's try a and, house. Try and make a point. It's <laughs> a house next to a graveyard, and also presumably a large international airport. Yeah. Given her husband's a pilot on what appears to be a, a fairly substantial sized jet. He had four years in the Marines, don't you know? Did he? Did he? He did. Where did that backstory come <laughs> from? Did he? They literally mention it at the very end. Oh, oh that's, that's when he gets punch. handed the gun, isn't it? Oh, right, and he yeah. says, "Do you know how to use one yep. of these?" Yeah. I, I was. I was in the Marines. It's like, yes, yet. I'm American. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, of course, do not learn what plans one through eight are. It's upsetting. Sequel bait? Yeah, maybe. maybe. Who knows? Prequel. Um, yeah, prequel. <laughs> Shall we take a quick break yeah, and then so. come back and discuss probably the back half of the film? Yeah. 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 All right. Okay. Then we will take a quick break and discuss probably the back half of the film right after this. Oh, hello. You've caught me here sitting by the fire and enjoying a glass of fine resin dice. Exquisite dice like these and many other handcrafted resin items can be purchased at Joby Resins on Etsy.com. Follow Joby Resins on Instagram for more information. What other items, you ask? I couldn't possibly tell you, for I have no internet here at my remote Arctic cavern. It's just me, the fire, and my hundreds of thousands of fine resin dice. And we're back. Right, so uh, I guess we're probably kind of at the stage where uh, the humans enter the UFO. Just prior to discussing that, though, we skipped the bit where uh, the lieutenant paraphrases the X-Files catchphrase, the truth is out there, by saying, I can't help but feel the answers are out here somewhere. Which might have been a proto... Yeah. <laughs> a proto uh, template for the X-Files. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, so this whole film is just a yeah. It's just basically the loads of X Files episodes all <laughs> squeezed into one. <laughs> While we're quoting stuff, can I just quote my mm. favourite line? Uh, it's tough to find something when you don't know what you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> my favourite line. I mean, that's absolutely true. technically yeah. accurate. Yeah, it's quite accurate. <laughs> so the sorry, just one thing before. Mm. Just um, also, I found a bit of a weird moment is when the the general is talking to the colonel about um the, the seemingly the colonel's job is to shoot at aliens it's just <laughs> like saying about it, he's just like he goes all over the place just firing at aliens but then um then starts talking the general kind of then starts talking about but i need to let you know some facts and information they're real the aliens <laughs> are real it's yeah like, yeah i know he, he 
What yeah. do you think he's been shooting at all this time? But then he's and the colonel's like, "What, really? Yeah, it's a, yeah." Don't they have is a brief it? discussion though, where he says, "If anybody ever admitted aliens were real, they get court-martialed." Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Prior to that, it's so bizarre. Oh, yeah, because he asked him, "Do you believe in aliens?" Yeah, yeah. It's one of those feeling out um, yeah. conversations when you first meet someone. It's is like, it? well, I, I think this slightly illegal thing's cool. <laughs> maybe I'll hedge around it and maybe you'll also think this slightly illegal thing's cool and then we can talk about it in open but I need to make sure neither of us are wearing a wire first um, <laughs> do you really believe in aliens? yes here's this yeah. massive document yeah. folder there we go Read did that. we all spot the two different types of UFOs uh, specifically in the scene the model shots of UFOs when they were flying past like NBC CBS a lot of them flying past stock footage of old Hollywood yeah, for some yeah. reason yeah. Um, there was, of course, a UFO with a whacking great piece of square wood <coughs> bolted to the bottom of it. Yes. Uh, purely for the scene where they enter because it was too hard to build a round UFO set. <laughs> so they built um, a cube instead. So yeah. they built a square one, <laughs> yes, square. indeed. Yeah. <laughs> and several times the UFOs are referred to as cigar-shaped objects. Yeah. Yeah. Where they're clearly not. They're clearly classic UFO. Classic frisbee UFO. Shaped. Yes, they did say that, yeah. Yeah. Mm. The aliens have also pimped their UFO because they can see out the windows, but they've tinted them in such a way that <laughs> humans can't see it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they're so because they're so much more advanced than we yeah, are. Yeah, they've they invented window tinting a good ten years before the rest of us. <laughs> and like as well, instead of a normal doorknob, they have to like turn a dial to open doors. Yeah, yeah. almost like uh, a safe. Yeah, like, yeah. dial, isn't it? Mm. But like like we said, like I said before, though. The weirdest part of that, no, well, not the weirdest part, but another weird part <laughs> in this film is the fact that they, the aliens seem so confident that they're going to defeat the humans with their zombies mm. that they're just like, let them in. Yeah. <laughs> just let them so, into the spaceship. We'll you, be fine. You get that beautiful um, scene where, the, well, I said beautiful, you get that uh, very staged scene where they're talking about the reasons why they're enacting Plan 9 and how they made these like gibberish radio mm. warnings and, and Earth ignored them and all this. Um, and it does come across like they're only enacting Plan 9 because they don't feel seen. Yeah. which is a very modern concept I, I realise yeah, that was the whole thing wasn't it it's, yeah, it's, no, it's, no one was paying attention to us fine fucking zombies <laughs> <laughs> uh, this does bring us to the, what I thought was the sole good bit of this film which I, is the sci-fi concept behind it so they're enacting plan 9 because earth is becoming a galactic danger mm. uh, because we are rapidly approaching uh, the discovery of a sunray bomb which apparently and we do love lists on our podcast, is a direct result of humans inventing firecrackers, which then led to the invention of hand grenades, which led to bombs, which led to larger bombs, <laughs> which led to atom bombs, which led to hydrogen bombs, which eventually will lead us to solar night bombs, uh, which is a summary bomb. And I thought this was a really cool concept, yeah. that you would essentially explode a bit of light, and because all light is connected and goes back to the stars and all light reaches out across the galaxy... All other light will explode at the same time, thus destroying everything. Hmm. Which is great. Hmm. That might be how halos in Halo work. I think they set fire to sunlight. I don't know uh, the lore of Halo enough. But that was the one good thing I liked in this film. I thought yeah. that was a, a yeah. solid... Yeah. And they do a, a proper Blue Peter-esque explanation of how it works to <laughs> the humans. <laughs> it was great. But yeah, you're right. The, the whole thing was like, well, you didn't recognise us as aliens or as people, so yeah, yeah. we're going to raise zombies. But 
Yeah, the actual argument of the bomb probably might have been a better argument. Yeah, absolutely. Multiple radio <laughs> messages of gibberish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and again, this is the scene where we learn, but they can converse in perfectly good English. Yeah, so yeah, why yeah, didn't yeah, they just land in front of the White House and go, look, we come in peace, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're about to build a massive bomb? <laughs> Don't do that. We'll be friends. We stood outside your window with a ghetto blaster. <laughs> you didn't notice us. <laughs> Are you suggesting the aliens have been friends? Yeah. <laughs> Don't you <laughs> forget about? So, um, one person I want to mention before we um, uh, go any majorly further is uh, Tanner, who is the other alien on the. The female, the yeah. female alien. And there's that bit at the end when there's it, like she talks and he's like, "Don't talk in <laughs> our planet." The female is the fast. This, this is how you know they're Martians because men come from Mars, not Venus, and the aliens <laughs> come from a very bigoted planet. Because yeah, he does. I think yeah. does yeah. he even raise his hand to her? Yeah, yeah, he does. I think yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, he's like, you, um, "Don't talk," and then he makes a point about on on our planet. The female of the species there was is a bit. far, far inferior. But Joanna Lee, who plays female alien, um, went on to have a very successful writing career and actually won a primetime Emmy for writing uh, in best drama for uh, the episode The Thanksgiving Story of the Waltons. Oh. So, yeah. <clears throat> there was a bit a bit earlier in the movie, going, going back slightly, when... All the men are tooling up to go find the aliens, and they say to the woman, "You stay in the car." Yeah. And paraphrase, and she says, "Fuck that noise! I'm coming with you guys." <laughs> <laughs> and I think the the uh, the inspector's like, "These modern women, yeah, they don't want to listen." Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to 1957. Um, uh, yes, no, there was a and 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 also, um, I've got a note which says, "So God's here now." There, there was. I feel like at the end, that during one of the speeches and conversations and stuff, God made an appearance as well, that they were talking about, do you believe in God? Like, we have a God too. And so yes, like, yes, of course. Um, it's like, oh, right, oh, hello. Oh, he's made an appearance as well. Yeah, he? he's got a God. He's his hand. way in there. Yeah. yeah. God and slapping women for, for talking out. Yeah. What a, what a wonderful time. <laughs> now, we move on to the fight scene. Mm-hmm. Do you think they just blew their budget on all the smoke for this this one scene? Because there's a lot of smoke. There is a lot of smoke. Yeah, but you can't see anything for smoke. <laughs> Which is probably yeah. for the best. Cause yeah, yeah, 100%. They probably spent all of their choreography budget on, on <laughs> yeah. smoke as well. Yeah. Also, I like the fact that at the end when uh, it's all going up in flames and the woman's trying to help him, he should have gone, don't touch me and help me on our planet. Women do not help. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, so the, the one thing the aliens didn't invent in uh, lockstep with the human race <laughs> is fire extinguishers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, they also appear to fly around in a UFO whose two main characteristics are when you knock on the metal, it makes an odd sound that does not get made by any metals on yeah. Earth yeah. and is also flammable. <laughs> that UFO Hi- catches fire like flammable. a motherfucker. Yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah. It can fly well, though, even when it's on even fire. It's on yeah. fire, yeah. yeah. It's quite but impressive. it blows up. Yeah. But they're far advanced ahead of us, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the, the weird confrontation. But like I say, it was just so strange that they just were like, let them in. Let them in and we'll get the one of the zombies. But then the zombies just... I can't even remember how the zombies die. They, 
I don't know. You don't even see... They just disappeared. You don't even see the vampire die, do you? It's just like, she'll be out here somewhere as well, dead. die when the UFO catches fire? Because that's where all the control equipment was? I think, I feel like... They didn't, um... The big one, Tor Johnson one, come in... And he died somehow. I can't even remember. You know what? I I tuned out so much towards the end of this film. Can't even remember. I remember the the argument and stupid minds. Your stupid minds can cope with all of this. (laughs) And then there's a backhand slap. Someone gets a tree branch broken over their head, but I can't remember who. But (laughs) I've written a note that says, tree branch snapped like a breadstick over his head. Just snapped clean in half. Like, like when they have a gimmicked bit of like two by four <laughs> yeah. in wrestling and it's like sawn through the middle so it snapped yeah, perfectly. Yeah. Wasn't that over the top of Big Bloke? Could have been. Could have been. I don't know. Like, Is that when they're escaping? out most of the last act. <laughs> when they're escaping the UFO, maybe? Could be. Could be. In the graveyard. Yeah. The cra- when they go back to that very One underused set. graveyard yeah. set. <laughs> yeah. Well, the fact they're just running. Left to right, and then they right run right to left. There's no like, didn't mention there's no scene. continuation of running of running in one direction. They're just literally going from um, one. So, <laughs> are we to, to believe other. that they they scare away the aliens by blowing up or setting fire to their UFO, and then yeah. presumably after the end credits roll, humanity discovers the solenoid yeah, bomb and destroys kills, the kills universe. universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Let's go with that. Yeah, and and mainly destroys. The other, the aliens' planet, which mm. is somewhere in your galaxy, <laughs> it's, not, it's somewhere in the <laughs> drapery nebula. I think. Right, or is it right? <laughs> it's close enough that they can get back to Earth fairly quickly to enact their zombie plan. Well, aren't they on a uh, like a spaceship? Yeah, I don't like an orbital yeah, right. spaceship. Orbital spaceship. Yeah, that's yeah. not a moon. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, it seems stupid, I suppose, complaining that you don't get any real resolution at the end of yeah. this film. But this yeah. is the thing, when the, the big fight was going on, it was, and I, look, I kept looking at the time, and there was four minutes to go, and mm. there was the big fight going on, and I was like, this is still going on. It's just still it going just on. End. And then it ends with Criswell again. Yeah, popping up for the, for the second of the bookends, yeah. and it just makes no sense whatsoever. No. Welcome to the future. What you might, what I haven't realised is that by the time I'm saying this now at the end, this is in the future from the beginning. <laughs> I mean, they they play it out in that opening bookend from Chris Weld, like this is based on on real life events, yes. 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 and yeah, reports, yeah. and yeah. Um, which obviously you couldn't get away with saying these days. No, but uh, back then, I mean, I guess this was probably the era of like the. Um, what was the big radio scare they um, did over War Halloween? of the Worlds. Yeah, yeah. 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 Where, so yeah, it was a more gullible time. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a simpler time when what? male aliens could show the back of their hand to female aliens. Yeah, and people would buy tickets to go and see an Ed Wood film. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. I wrote, the narrator stands up, the end, thank fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody else have anything we haven't covered? Uh, any uh, other notes? Anything else no, I would I like to I'm say? Any bits of trivia? The only thing I, say, uh, I wrote down, because a budget from back then is hard to work out yeah. in modern money, right? So I don't know if anyone else did conversions. I worked it out to modern day money about $300,000. So, so still very still small. Very small budget. Yeah. Very small, yeah. But in general, 
there are better movies that have been made for less. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, no, absolutely. Speaking of the budget, the, the, the one last thing I have is um, this was almost entirely funded by a Southern Baptist church, mm. as we mentioned earlier. Uh, several members of the cast had to let themselves be baptised in order to secure funding. <laughs> which, <laughs> Wow. Is, I mean, yeah, I wonder geez. if that happens today, but with, like, Scientology. Oh, maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> I believe that is everything we all have on Plan 9 from Outer Space. So, of course, the only thing left to do, really, with this film is to give it a rating out of 10. This should be interesting. I will remind you now that our current lowest rated film is Biodome with a score average score of 0.33 reoccurring. Can this one go lower? And let's start oh, with you. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh, sorry. Hang on. But first this. Continue. And let's start with you. <laughs> I I prefix this slightly with um, my thoughts that I didn't like old movies and then I had to go back and look at some older movies that I do enjoy Mm. that came out maybe beforehand. It's a Wonderful Life. That came out before. Um, This film is truly (laughs) god-awful. I I, I was going to give it a one, but I feel like it does deserve the zero because it's probably the worst thing I've ever watched. And I blame you. So, <laughs> so you're giving this a zero. I'm giving this a zero. Yeah. Okay. Me. So I'm going to prefix with this. With <laughs> I'm very, very sorry. This was one of my picks, <laughs> but I feel it needed to be done. We we've lived it all together, though separately, in our own ways, and we've been subjected to it. And the argument I had in my head was watching this film. Which one did I enjoy more? This or Biodome? This or Biodome? You, of course, historically gave Biodome a zero. This or Biodome? <laughs> so, seeing as I gave Biodome a zero... This is a real question. What, which did you prefer? I enjoyed neither. <laughs> but this one but had moments... Okay. <laughs> The, this gets a zero. There's no. I can't uh, even argue it. No, it that's it fair. can't beat Biodome. It can't have a better score than Biodome. No. Um, and if I gave Biodome a one, then this would have to get a one to be equal to it. Sure. Um, I, but, I skipped out on mm. Biodome down to your opinions. Mm. I felt like after watching this, maybe I needed to go back and watch Biodome <laughs> to watch a better movie. So you're saying no. Uh, watch Biodome. I don't want to. No, don't. Then. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's two zero so far, Rich. So I I do like old films, um, but I can understand that a lot of like acting and stuff in old films is a lot more kind of nest- a lot of it's more wooden and things and stuff. But but there are some real kind of standout performances. But whereas this this is. If you were to watch this, you would not want to watch any old films ever again because of the fact that it is just so god-awful and it just it gives all old films a bad name. But the, the main reason I hate it is just because it's just a terrible film. Mm. It's just an awful, awful film and there's no way it can get any score <laughs> whatsoever from me, so it is a zero from myself. Oof, three zeros. Uh, right. Steve's apologised for picking this film. I've said off mic that I think it's important that we watch this. It's important we watch a a, a zero or a, a bottom-of-the-barrel film because then when we do watch a 10 
a true cinema classic. We know we we can say we know what we're talking about. We're using the scale to its full broad nature. We've got zeros on there. We'll hopefully at some point have tens on there. Um, I gave Biodome a one. Right now, Biodome right. is a awful, awful, unforgivably bad film. But it does have a plot, and it does yep. make sense, and yep. you can follow the narrative, which are things that I don't feel you can do in this film. There was a slight cause of concern, because I've watched a lot of old films as well, but not recently, mm. that was this bad because it was a film from the 50s made mm. with next to no budget, or was this actually a bad film? Yada, yada. No, this is a solid zero across the board. <clears throat> This film was terrible. <laughs> this was 85 minutes of my life I will never get back. Yeah. I have watched people in the in the healthcare industry in, in some of the worst, most painful diseases that you can possibly get, and it is still more enjoyable watching them slowly die than it is watching <laughs> this film. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> that is an intensely fucked up thing to say, but I say it mostly in jest to, to suggest just how fucking bad this film is. There is a reason this is considered the worst film of all time. Yeah. And now we've watched it. I, think I, 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 I completely agree. I feel like at the end of watching this film, I did think this. I have seen the worst film I've mm. ever seen in my life. Yeah. This is a 0 out of 10 for me. Oh, yeah. There which gives us an average score of 0 out of 10. This is officially the worst film we've ever watched in the opening <laughs> 10 episodes. It, like... You have often used the, oh, I hope it's not from Justin to Kelly. You picked the wrong movie. <laughs> yeah. This is the yardstick of which to measure everything else by. I th- yeah, I'm pretty sure from Justin to Kelly will get a score. Solid yeah. six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I now, thought yeah. this might get slightly higher scores because I thought this was going to be one of those films that was so bad. It was oh, yeah, I, I was, thought that's why it was. I was classic. hoping that. It's not. Yeah. It's so was, bad, it's bad. I thought yeah. this was going to be like a, a, you know, a mid-level. I thought we were mm. all going to be scoring this around the, the average mark. 100%. So. I thought this was going to be a... <laughs> this is ridiculous, yeah. but I'm enjoying it. Yeah. No, yeah, after like the first 20 minutes when I kept clock watching yeah it was like this isn't going anywhere it's like they're using the same footage again and again and again yeah. and it's just dire yeah. and the plot is absolute nonsense there's no explanation for why the zombies are all dressed up as vampires <laughs> <laughs> it's just so many missing answers and so many uninteresting questions left yeah. unanswered mm. um sorry i'm Avid listener, uh, my wife, has watched every movie that I've watched when we've watched and we've watched the other stuff. She did not watch this movie. <laughs> she kicked out about 15 minutes and that she's was an it. Avid, she's an avid listener. So avid she, listener. She'll be listening to this. She will. I absolutely loved the cake she made. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. You know what wasn't a zero out of ten? Yeah. That, that fucking cake. cake. Yeah. That she cake. made a cheesecake. That was, that was dope. Well, where's that? That's <laughs> it in my tum-tum. <laughs> So, yeah, I just want to just uh, very quickly, because I, I, I want a bit of enjoyment uh, out of this episode. <laughs> your wife's cake is, your had wife's a more compelling narrative and believable <laughs> acting than this film, <laughs> I will say. Okay, so, solid zero across the board. That, of course, takes us to our next section. Uh, how wonder, Steve... Tolerance. Tolerance. 
Okay, so we have the Had a Wonder out. Uh, Rich, I believe it's your turn to pick I'm, the film for episode 11. Yes. I think because I'm hosting next, so I think that's what we were saying. I think that's what we yeah, were saying. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely. So dip those long, gangly fingers into the long, gangly hat and pull out a film for episode 11. I've got one. Oh, He's got no. one. I've got one. Oh. Uh, What's it going to be? Plan 10 oh. from Outer Space. <laughs> What's it going to be? <laughs> this is an Andy film. Oh. 2005, uh, directed by someone who I'm going to have to learn how to say their name. Uh with a budget of sixty million and grossed actually fifty eight point one million, this is two thousand and five's Doom. Oh, movie! <laughs> now that is a good. Oh, that is a good palate cleanser. Oh, I watched that very recently. You did because we had a conversation about I it. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure this is this is one you was. I, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this is one of my guilty pleasure films. Oh, man. I'm, I apologise. Two sci-fi films in a row. Oh, yeah. no, but... But this coming off Plan 9 will be... Yeah. <sighs> Should be a, a nice palate cleanser yeah. before we move into wh- whatever be a nine. comes next. It's going to be a 9 out of 10. Which we did discover the other day that we were saying um, we completely cocked up our mathematics. It seems that way. And all films this year are going to be watched. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so there's yeah, no so point having a hat. If there's any disappointment at the moment <laughs> that, you know, a certain amount of films haven't been picked out, they will be. They will be along. Yeah. yeah. Everything that came out in that draft will get an episode this year, seemingly. Mm. Yes. Um, with space for Christmas and Halloween special, of course. Nice. I'm, um, I'm 90% sure it's on Netflix. Doom. Yeah, it was. Oh, I think you're, yeah, I think, yeah, I think you're right. I'm sure I, will, I saw it advertised on there recently. Yeah, I think that's um, where you watched it. Yeah, I only watched it in Jan, Feb, so, yeah. Okay, mm. so we are going to step away for one last commercial break while we go watch the trailer for 2005's Doom, and then we will be right back to discuss it after this. Please do not be alarmed. We are about to engage the nozzle. Um, okay, I, I, I'm literally just here to promote a podcast. Uh, Go Team Venture is a bi-weekly watch-along podcast for the cartoon series The Venture Brothers. Please do not move while the nozzle is engaging. Uh, every fortnight, myself and Steve dissect an episode of the show from the perspective of someone who's never watched it before. That would be Steve. Uh, as well as also from the perspective of a die-hard fan, which would be myself. Moving will disrupt calibration of the nozzle. Uh, ooh, so search Go Team Ventures today in your favourite podcast app and uh, ooh, I don't like where that nozzle's heading the nozzle has completed calibration thank you and we're back so we've just watched the trailer for 2005's Doom this is uh, the first video game adaptation I believe we've covered Yep. unless Volcano was based on a previously <laughs> Volcano was based on Cuba right? yeah it was I yeah, think, I think yeah. so yeah yeah. yeah. Um, as Ant correctly points out, this will be the second zombie film in a row, technically speaking. Technically. I didn't see any zombies dressed as vampires in that trailer, though, oh, which is most are. disappointing. <laughs> oh, how disappointing. Um, so I believe Steve has the TV spot. Yeah. A very short TV spot. For uh, this is a DVD spot. <clears throat> oh, okay. So um, I guess when it was so DVD. You will hear that now. Game time. Urban and The Rock kill them all with more action than before on the unrated extended edition. Do by Tuesday on DVD. 
Ooh. So this begs the question, do we watch the original theatrical cut or do we watch the unrated extended version? Well, I would say whatever's <clears throat> available on Netflix because that's where people can watch this film. So maybe we should watch the film that everyone else might be able to watch and watch along with us. Sounds like a plan. I'm going to assume that's probably the theatrical I would cut yeah. on Netflix. I imagine so, but I'm really intrigued by the extended cut now. I kind of am. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think this is going to be a watch it twice film for me. How many of us have seen this film before? I've seen it when it first came out, so it's about 20 years in the old grey matter, so I don't remember much about it, apart from, of course, like the very novel first-person sequence in the mm-hmm. final act. Um, and the twist, bizarrely. Yeah. The big twist. Um, Rich, have you seen... Never seen it. No. Ooh, have you ever played the video games it's based on? Uh, kind, I think I probably ha- at some point... Oh, you're going to suffer not knowing the plots of the video games from the 90s. They are <laughs> they are hugely important to this film. <laughs> uh, Steve, you've definitely seen it before. Haven't you? I've seen this multiple times. And you strike me as a man that's seen 2005's Doom. I watched it about two months ago. Was that the first time you'd seen it, or was no, that a no, refresher? No, no. That's like the 16th time I've seen it. Oh, marvellous. <laughs> so this is, this is a, a surefire favourite for you, then? Uh, no. No? No. <laughs> no, it's, it's just a, a bang average It's a popcorn flick. Horror, early rock entry, mm-hmm. a very early rock entry, and it looks very slim down. Yeah, rock he, the, yeah uh, he's fresh off a of wrestling rock. Yeah, yeah. So Did this must have been just after Scorpion King, I'd imagine. Because that was his right. like, yeah. Yeah. breakout, wasn't it? This would have been the peak of him in wrestling as well, wouldn't it? So yeah. the early 2000s was when he mm. really hit it big. And I always forget Carl Urban's in this film until it starts. And it's like, oh yeah, Carl Urban's in this film. Mm. It's Roseman, Roseman Pike as well. Yeah. yeah. So. Hmm. Good cast. Hmm. So I am sort of looking forward to watching this for a change. I'm really looking. I love this film. So this this should make for an interesting next episode. Yeah, Richard's going to hate it. Yeah, yeah. Am I? Yeah, yeah. I could do uh, Ant predicts. Uh, Rich will give it a five. Right. You'll give it a six, Andy. Pi will give it a (laughs) ten. Yeah. Okay, anybody got anything else they want to say about the trailer we just watched? There was a surprising amount of humour in it compared to the sort of dark and grim yeah, film I, I remember. I there was like a mm. lot of reveals of the monster kind of thing. That they show a lot. Mm. To they give a lot, lot away. Monster. Yeah, trailers trailers can be very spoilery these days. Yeah. Well, say these days, that was <coughs> 20 years ago. It's one of those things, especially if you know the film, that when you watch the trailer, mm. most of the time, if you've seen the film many times, you watch the trailer, you're like... Well, they just tell you everything there. Why would they tell you so much? That's just a bit ridiculous. Yeah. I know we literally just watched it, but did it show Dexter Fletcher in the... No. No. Do Is he the guy in the chair? From, he's from Lockstock, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. yeah. He's, uh... Oi, keep your fingers out of my soup. <laughs> That's, yeah. That's him, isn't it? Who then went on to direct... Um, Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody yeah, and lining. some other bits and pieces. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Plays Pinky. Yeah. Yeah. Spoilers. Opposite the brain. The Rock plays the brain. (laughs) (laughs) Are there... uh, I haven't played a lot of the original Doom. Mm. Are there any sort of iconic Doom monsters? Uh, They're loosely based on the... Iconic Doom monsters. Yeah, but they're demons in the... um, yeah, they're cyber demons, but is there like yeah. a like with Silent Hill you have Pyramid Head, yeah, uh, with things like is there like an iconic Doom I think, baddie? I think um, spoil, spoil, Pinky is 
Is that the blob one with the singular eye that sort of floats around? No, he's kind uh, hmm. It's like a dog type thing. Okay. Mm. I, I'm not big on my Doom franchise. It used to make me feel sick playing it as a kid. <laughs> Mainly because of the motion bomb. Yeah. It yeah. used to make me feel quite nauseous. But, uh, yeah. There's some good references from the the BFG gun and stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's true, actually. The weaponry is probably the more iconic is than, very, the, yeah. than the bad guys. I don't think they've got the iconic shotgun, though. But No. He does put that... Mm, yeah, sorry. Somebody <laughs> must use a shotgun in that film. I don't think so. Really? I could be wrong. It's been a little while since I've seen it. Hmm. Um, and it's definitely one of those films that kind of blurs into lots of films of the same type. <laughs> well, we will have a definitive answer for you in a fortnight. Um, this seems like a good time to probably wrap this episode up. Anybody got anything else they want to share? Anything they want to plug before we go for this evening? No, not me. No, no. no, I have just thought of another film to add to my list, though. Which I'm <laughs> <doing> <laughs> now. Excellent, excellent. Uh, okay, in that case, we will bring this crashing to a halt. Uh, do you want to go? Just want to say good night, Ant? Good night, Ant. Steve. Uh, good night. Thank you for listening, Richard. Thanks very much for listening. I uh, will see you next time for a bit of doom. And from me, it is good night and fare thee well. Uh, have a great evening, Internets. We'll see you in two weeks for 2005's Doom. And we're ghost. You've been listening to I Like Movies with Andy McLean, Steve Pye and Rich Marsh. Find us on Facebook and Instagram and email us at ilmpodcast at outlook.com. 